right, so I noticed on television that all the cool pastors are using using iPads to preach from. I don't trust it, but I did bring it up here. So does that make me cool? It's a transition. It's a slow transition. I got, got it here. Notes. Maybe one of these days I'll switch over to the... I'm afraid it's just like going to go black and I can't find it. And then I'm... Oh, well. Well, one of these days. Turn to your Bibles or your Bible app to Luke 17, verse 5. Most of the verses I read today will be in the Amplified Bible. So if you want to switch your version over to that, you can... You can follow along. We're continuing in a, a, a series called Design to Increase. The word increase is actually a prophetic word that was given to Revive Church. When Josh was praying um, in t- for 2018, he heard God say that we as a church and each of us individually should expect and believe God for increase in 2018. So that's a prophetic word. Now, just to be clear... We don't, I'm not talking about our waistlines because we don't have to be pr- prophetic to realize that's probably going to happen. So we're talking about other things. Two Sundays ago, Josh told us about four areas of increase that we should believe God for this year. The first area of increase is fervor. That's passion for God, an excitement for God, a desire to know him more. We should expect and believe for increase in that. The second area is family. We should believe God to increase us here at Revive Reserve. Um, I know the Revive Downtown crew is praying for increases. They reach out to the downtown area and to the campus area, that they are expecting and believing God to increase them. And I know that our launch team is expecting for increase in the Bitterroot, as we, as Josh said, that we launch on April 1st, Easter Sunday. Now, one thing he didn't announce, which can be pretty exciting, we're going to have an all-church, all-Revive um, Good Friday service. That's Friday night at 6.30 at the new location. So uh, now we've got a lot of work to do at the new location, and we're going to put out some work dates coming in February and in March that will uh, uh, open up to everybody to come down and help. And we'd love to have you guys just work alongside of us and build alongside of us and, and catch the vision for the Bitterroot. And so, but mark that on your calendars, Good Friday, 6.30. We're going to have a service there, and it's going to be exciting to have everybody join together there in the Bitterroot. The other area is for finances. Uh, you know, this area, it's spoken a lot about in scriptures. And God wants us to prosper so that he can pour out blessings on others around us. Uh, if you read 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 11, that backs that up. It says, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always under all circumstances, now always, does that mean sometimes or is that always, always, all, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him, and have an abundance for every good work. That's the reason right there. It's not to have bigger houses or bigger cars. I mean, it's to provide for us. We're supposed to be able to drive cars that don't break down. Okay, we're supposed to have money to pay our bills, but it's to... To be able to have, to be able to give to every good work and act of charity. As it is written and forever remains written, he, the benevolent and generous person, whoa, you switched too quick. I'll read it from my notes. Generous person scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food 
will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources. And increase, what is that word? Increase. Increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous. And this generosity administered through us is producing thanksgiving to God. So our generosity to the world around us, our generosity to people around us, actually points back to God. It brings thanksgiving to God. And so we need to expect to and believe for increase in finances. Um, we sh- we, that's right. That's right. So God's not only going to increase us the money that we need to live on and pay our bills, but he's going to increase our seed for sowing, money that we can bless others. I mean, how cool would it be able to just hear the Holy Spirit say, you know what, pay for the grocery that single mom behind me and be able to do it. Be able to do it. What about buying coffee? I know Kay does this, I think, often. She buys coffee for the person in line behind her or in front of her. And, and, and that is just to bless people. That is just to say, you know what? God loves you. God cares for you. And that's, what the, that's how God wants to bless us and wants to increase us in finances. So not only can we pay our bills and live comfortably, but that we can bless others. And I think that's important that we believe for that in 2018. Lastly, Josh talked about increasing our faith. I never looked at the clock what time I started, sorry. So we're going to read Luke 17, verse 5. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith, our ability to confidently trust in God and in his power. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and the truth that comes from your word. I ask you, Lord, that you'll open, open our hearts You'll open our minds, that you'll speak to us through your Holy Spirit of how you want to increase us in 2018 and how you want to increase our faith for the things that you're telling us to do, for the things that you're asking us to step out to do. Lord, increase our faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, Luke 17 is a continuation of what started, the story that started back in Luke 14. Jesus is headed to the house of a ruling Pharisee for a meal. Now, it's the Sabbath, and on the Sabbath back then, you couldn't work or you couldn't walk more than 1,000 or 1,200 yards. Now, that actually, it's weird that they come up with that, but here's how they came up with it. It's derived from a measurement of a statement made back in Joshua 3-4, back in the Old Testament. It's, it was a distance between the ark and the people on their march. So, it was assumed that it was also the distance between their tents and the tabernacle. So the Pharisees, when they came up with this rule, they decided that I guess it's okay to walk at least 1,000 to 1,200 yards to go to church because that was the distance that the Jews had their tents from the tabernacle. So Jesus is on kind of a short walk to go to a meal at a Pharisee's house. And so he's headed to brunch, and all of a sudden he's joined by a bunch of people. Now, they must have been outside the house because he didn't have very far to walk. So he stops and he starts ministering to these people. He starts teaching. And he teaches several parables to them. And he's talking to them. And all of a sudden, the, the, the disciples just say, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, stop. Um, you've got to increase our faith. We know that these stories have something to do with us. We know that we need to, we need to believe in these stories. We need to believe what you're telling us and the principles behind us. But you need to increase our faith. So, 
Bless you. The word faith is used in the Bible 244 times, and in the Greek, the word is pistis. Now, Andrew Rose could probably uh, expound on this because he is both fluent in Greek and Latin. Um, but I love the definition of it. It means being convinced of the truthfulness of God, to be convicted that what God says is true and will come true. And the best des- definition I like is a personal trust and confidence in God's power. So that's what faith is. Faith is not some just something out here in the air. Faith is not a hope, okay? It's not just a hope, hope, hope it happens. It's a, it's a confidence in God's power. It's not a confidence in my power. It's not, not, a, not a head knowledge. It's a confidence in God's power. So God wants to increase our faith. He wants us to grow in our conviction that he's a truthful God and that what he promises in his word will come true. What he tells us is going to happen will happen. And he, he wanted that since the fall of man, since, it hap- since men fall, uh, since Adam sinned in the garden. He's wanted that. If you look in, in uh, Genesis chapter 15, God tells Abraham, and Josh alluded to this today, um, it's the problem when you let a pastor come up before you preach because he's going to steal stuff from you all the time. But uh, uh, he didn't know my message, so it's okay. But he said, he told, tells Abraham, actually he tells Abram, before he changed his name, that he's going to have children. Okay, it's no big deal, right? But it is a big deal because Abraham and his wife are 90 years old. So they're beyond the whatever stage, as Josh would put it, <laughs> the childbearing years. So what did God do? To increase his faith, he takes Abraham outside. Okay? Abraham doubted. Abraham doubted whether or not they, he could be the father of many nations. So he takes him outside, and in Genesis fifteen fifteen we read, And the Lord brought Abraham outside his tent into the night and said, Look now towards the heavens and count the stars, if you're able to count them, because you can't. It says, Then he said to him, So numerous shall your descendants be. So God gave Abraham a visual so that he could hold on to, so that he could increase his faith. We read in the next few chapters that Abraham's faith wavered a bit, right? Um, he took things into his own hands, and he had a child with his wife, or with his wife's maid, Hagar. But that was not God's, not what God had in, in mind, did he? So, have you ever done that? Not had a <laughs> child with somebody else's <laughs> maid, but have you taken stuff into your own hands? <laughs> I knew that'd get you guys laughing. So have you, have, you taken, have you taken what you feel like God has told you and have you taken it into your own hands? I know I have. I know there's been times where we've, been, we've needed provision and um, we've put it on the credit card, you know, or we've bought the car on a loan and we've dealt with kind of some foolish car loans or we've dealt with some foolish debt. And I'm not saying there's, there, I mean, there is emergencies, okay? I'm, I'm, but, but should we have stood in faith more? Because we knew God said that he'd provide for us. So, so a few chapters later, uh, in Genesis 17, the Lord appears to Abraham again. And he tells him again he'd have children. That it, and he'd have children with his wife, Sarah. So he clarifies it the next time. And he said that Sarah would be the mother of many nations. The kings of people will come from her. So what does this pillar of faith do? What does Abraham do? 
I mean, he's a pillar of faith. We read about in Hebrews that he was, he was a man of faith. But in chapter 17, Genesis chapter 17, verse 17, we read, Abraham fell on his faith and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Abraham laughed. He laughed at God. Which, you know, to me, means that it's okay. You know, we can be real with God. We can be real with God. But again, God wanted to increase his faith. So he had already jumped the gun. He had already tried to make God's promises happen in his own strength, and that didn't work very out too well. So God tells him that he'll have children with Sarah, and he laughs. But God sent someone the next day to confirm that word to him, to, again, to increase his faith. See, our loving God wants our faith to increase. And what is our faith? Our faith is a confident trust in him, in him being true. So God's in, he increases man's faith throughout the Bible. If we jump ahead to the New Testament, I think it's interesting because I think besides bringing salvation to a dying world, Jesus spent most of his three years of ministry increasing the faith of his disciples and those around him. I mean, just think of what he did. He wanted to increase his disciples' faith. We read about the story of the feeding of the 5,000, and, and I don't understand why they even say that, because it's a crazy deal. Because it wasn't 5,000. That was just the men. It was fifteen to 20,000. So it's way bigger than what we even think. So he takes five loaves of fish, or five, five loaves of bread, and two small fish. He lifts them to heaven. He consecrates them. He gives them to the Lord. And the Lord multiplies those to feed fifteen to 20,000 people. But just to put an exclamation mark, if I said it right, Callie, I always say explanation mark. Just put an exclamation mark on it. He sends his disciples out to pick up the pieces. And they each, all 12 of them, bring back a full basketful. That's to increase their faith. That was just to show them, look, what I say is true. What I will do is true. You need to believe in me. I can do it. Right after that, he sends his disciples out on to, to, cross the, to cross the lake. And he goes and prays. In the middle of the night, he walks out to them. Well, they all freak out because they think he's a ghost. They're like, ah, a ghost. He's like, no, it's me. It's me. So Peter, I love Peter. Peter says, hey, if you'll command me to come out, I'll try this water walking trick. I'm there with you. Come on. And so he says, come. So he steps out, and he's doing great. And we all know the story. We've all heard it a hundred times. He's doing great. But what does he do? He looks away. He looks at the waves. He gets his eyes off the promise. He gets his eyes off of God, and he looks at the waves around him. And what's he do? He gets wet. He goes in the drink. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. Now, I've went off script a long time, so I have to figure out where I'm at. Sorry about that. But um, where are your eyes at? Where are your eyes at when God gives you a promise? Do you continue to look at that promise? Or do you let yourselves get looking at, circ at circ circumstances around you? And I, trust me, I've been there. I've been there. Last year was tough. I looked at circumstances a lot of the years. A lot, of, a lot of last year, you know. But God got me through. God was faithful to his promises. God was faithful. So I just, he wants to increase our faith. 
Right after the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith in Luke 17, he heals 10 lepers. If you recall that story, only one returns to give him praise, to give praise to God. Luke 17, verse 17 says, Then Jesus asked, Were not 10 of you cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was there no one found to return to give thanks and praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith, your personal trust in me, and your confidence in God's power has restored you to health. Now, I, I kind of wonder, did the other nine then not get healed? Did they go back to leprosy? I don't know. I don't know. But this guy's personal trust and faith in Jesus and confidence in God's power restored his health to him. Through that, his, his, his health was restored. Jesus t- continues to increase the faith, the personal trust and confidence in God's power of his disciples throughout his time here on earth by, words, by the works he did in front of them and through his teaching. So how do we increase our faith? How do our, our faith get increased? Uh, we don't have Jesus necessarily. We're not, we're not uh, walking beside him, him telling us parables, showing us but we have his word. There's three points. I have three points today of how our faith can be increased. The first way we increase our faith is by asking. If it was good enough for the disciples, it's good enough for me. I know that sounds pretty simple, but I'm going to ask God, increase my faith. You know what? And our God's a good God. There's a lot of times where, I don't know how you guys were raised, but I was raised that you had to be careful you know, saying, God, that, oh, God, use me, you know, God, because, because I was taught that, you know, we heard the, the traveling minister that was up here that was, you know, professional golfer, and he was number two on the circuit, and all of a sudden, God used me, and he's in Zimbabwe, you know, and it's like, you're, you, you get this view of God that he's going to take you out, and he's going to just send you to uh, Haver, um, <laughs> you know, and you don't want to do it, but you know what, that's not God. If we ask God to increase our faith, he's going to be a good God, and he's going to increase our faith. So trust in him. We ask him. Um, the second way we increase our faith is by God's word, is through God's word. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing, that's what is told, and hearing by the word of God. So we increase our faith by coming to church and engaging in messages. We increase our faith by asking God to increase our faith, by what we hear in that Sunday message, asking him, what, do you, what, what did you have for me? What nugget, what Holy Spirit, what are you trying to impress upon me today? By listening to the Holy Spirit, and, and we also, the most important thing is to be getting into his word. Be reading his word. And, and the events that are written in the Bible, they're not just there for historical record. They're not just story. They're not Bible stories. They're not fake stories. They're not there for, to, to put it down in history. But they're there to increase our faith. Because that's what Jesus was doing with the disciples and the people around him. They're not just nice stories. They're there to increase our faith. Faith comes by hearing the word, by reading God's word. We get an insight into his character. What he wants for us. How he wants to take care of us. And we read the word, as we read the word, we start to understand who he is, who he sees us as, and who we are in Christ, and his love for us, and that we can have personal and trust. Again, we can have personal trust and confidence in God's power, and what he says is, is true. You don't have to read a ton each day. It's not about reading through the Bible in a year. 
Um, it's not about reading a certain amount of chapters every day, but it's about stopping sometime during the day and saying, Holy Spirit, increase my faith today in what I'm reading in this word. Speak to me through this word. And, and, then, and then taking some time and reading that word and just and thinking about it and meditating on it. Again, I know I've preached before. Meditation is a word that I've always kind of stayed away from because it seems like some new age word. But, you know, it was in the Bible first. We're supposed to meditate. We're supposed to think over those things. Think on that word over and over and over again. Think on that word. We're also actually supposed to speak that word. Um, I know a lot of times that there's been some stuff taken out of context and, um, you know, we've, we've heard the, the name it and claim it and that type of stuff. But you know what? I, I want to challenge you that we are supposed to name it and claim it when it comes to scriptures. We're supposed to be speaking those scriptures. You know, God was kind of funny because he changed Abram to Abraham. And Abraham meant father of many nations. So for years, he walked up to people and said, hi, I'm the father of many nations. He was 90 years old and didn't have a child. Hi, I'm the father of many nations. Hi, I'm the father of many nations. Well, when you say that over and over and over again, do you start believing it? He starts increasing your faith. He starts increasing your faith by your word, by speaking his word. So we're supposed to speak that as well. That was free. That wasn't in my notes. <laughs> and thirdly, our faith is increased by hearing what God has done in the lives of others and in our lives, by testimonies. As families, we need to get better at sharing what God is doing in our lives. How he has healed a family member, how has he restored relationships, how he opened the door at work for us to share the truth to someone. Or what about how he made a way for us at the store to bless someone or how he blessed us during the week. We need to be sharing it at our dinner tables. We need to be talking to our kids. We need to be talking to our families about what God is doing in our lives. And we as a church, as Revived Church, need to be sharing what God is doing in our lives. It's so easy for us to focus on the defeats when the enemy comes in and steals and kills and destroys. But we need to focus more on the testimonies and God's goodness and God's grace. Because through our words and through testimony, it will encourage us and it will increase our faith. And I'm going to give you an example of that right now. I want Jody to give a testimony. Stacy asked me to give a testimony. I thought, oh, I could talk all day about the goodness of God. But this was a, a time about, was it 15 years ago? 10? 2004, 2004, my husband got very sick and, and uh, the doctors couldn't figure it out and they kept drugging him more and more and more and he got sicker and sicker and sicker. He was awake maybe three hours a day and couldn't string a sentence together during those three hours. And my kids would come home from school and very cautiously go and check to make sure their dad was still alive. And, you know, I've been praying and praying and praying, and finally one day as I'm driving to work, I just, I, I was just going to give him over to God. I was going to pry my fingers off holding on to things going my way and let go. And the Lord spoke very specific to me at that point. He said, get up and fight. And he gave me this scripture, and it was out of Revelation. It's Jesus speaking. He says, I hold the keys of death and Hades. And I went home from work. And I stood over my husband, and I proclaimed, I felt like Gandalf. If you've ever seen the Lord of the Rings with the Balrog, I'm standing there saying, 
Jesus holds the keys of death, not you. And that was the turning point, and he's still here. Just to prove it, are you alive? Yeah, I am, I am actually. I'm not, I'm not a robot. He's alive. <laughs> so when... So does that increase your faith with your mother laying in the hospital right now? To hear what God did in Rudy's life, that increases your faith. Because your mom's, your mom's in, the, in the hospital bed believing for healing. You're believing for healing. And you see it happen. You know it happened. And guess what? God's no respecter of persons. God's no respecter. He doesn't love Rudy more than he loves you. Loves you the same. So we have to be better at sharing testimonies. We have got to bring the goodness of God to each other. We've got, what are you laughing at? You're killing me. You okay? <laughs> but it, it's so important. It's so important that we share um, what God is doing in our lives, even if it's a little thing. Even if it's a little thing, because you never know who's going through the same thing. So it's important that we help each other and we have our faith increased by what we say, what we speak. All right, so why do we do this? Why are we trying to do this? Why, why do we want, why do we do the three things? Why do, we, um, why do we ask God for increase in faith? Why do we read his word? And why do we speak his testimony? Give glory to God. The biggest thing is, in order for your faith to be increased, you've got to bridge the hardest 12 inches there is to bridge. That's from here to here. You can read the word all day, and you can have it here. In my head, I can, I can read those accounts in the Bible, and I can understand them, but do I believe them? Do I believe them? Do I believe what God says? Because belief comes from the heart. And that is a hard 12 inches to bridge. It's really difficult to bridge. Are you in head knowledge? Are you in faith? Are you in belief? It's really difficult. So how do we come? Let, let, me, let, me, let me go through this. How do we come to salvation in Christ? Let's read Romans Nine, uh, I'm sorry, Romans 10, 9. Because if you acknowledge, that speaks of head knowledge, understanding something or knowing something in your mind, and confess with your mouth, we talked about speaking, that means we can speak it out, that Jesus is Lord, recognizes his power, authority, and majesty of, as God. But here's the key. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes in Christ is as Savior, resulting in his justification. That is being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin and made acceptable with God, uh, to God. And with the mouth, he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. So it talks about we have to have, we have to bridge those 12 inches. We've got to bridge that 12 inches from head knowledge to our heart. And how do we do that? Again, we get in the word we listen to each other's testimonies. We ask God to increase our faith so that we can go from that head knowledge to true belief, true faith in God's. 
remember that faith is a personal trust and confidence in God's power. John 15, 7 says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart. Again, it going from head to heart. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We must move from head knowledge to heart knowledge and that's why we spend time in the Bible, why we meditate on scriptures and why we encourage each other with our testimony. Now let me give you a little clarification or a little warning about faith being increased. It always helps me to keep the definition of mine. I've said it many, many times. It's personal trust and confidence in God's power. Having our faith increased is not about us. It's not like a sport where we work harder to get faster, stronger, or better at certain skills. So I started playing hockey about a year and a half ago. Brad and Brian May invited me to watch one of their games. And even though they lost, I thought, you know what? I can do that. And I never, I grew up playing pond hockey, but never organized hockey. And, you know, compared to Brad, I'm a little guy, but it's no checking, so that's a good thing. And uh, it is so fun. I have such a blast playing hockey. I play every Tuesday night in a league, and it's great. I'm all geared up. It's my happy place. I love playing hockey. And I work hard at trying to get better. I wasn't very good at first. I'm probably not very good if you ask Brad right now. But he gives me some grace, and I work hard at it. My my daughters and my wife got me a net for Christmas, and so I'm out in the shop practicing, and, and I go to pick up games, and I work hard at getting better. But that's not what increasing our faith is. It's not about us. We don't have to look like Clarence to have our faith increased, okay? We don't have to go to the gym and pump iron to have our faith increased because it's not about us. What's the faith? The faith is belief in God's power, in God's power. So it's not a gospel of works. It's not a message that I have to work harder or I have to be better so my faith increases or I have to do something so God does that for me. No, I just have to understand what the word says and that I have to have that confidence and trust in God's word that what he says is true, that he will provide for me, that he will take care of me, that he will heal me, that he loves me. That's the things that we have to have confidence in. In our passage this morning in Luke 17, 5, the disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. And I like Jesus' reply in verse 6. He says, And the Lord said, If you have confident, abiding faith in God, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, which is, has very strong roots, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea. The disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. And he so simply puts it that we don't need a lot. We don't need a ton. We need as much as the smallest seed. I think that's the smallest seed known to man. There might be one other smaller. But um, it is very, very, very small. And that's all we need. We need just a grain. But again, not here, in here. So we don't have to be pillars of faith like Oral Roberts and Kenneth Copeland in order to see God's hand work in our lives. We just have to believe and have that confident trust in his word. So are you ready to ask God to increase your faith in 2018? It's a big question. You guys ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to believe for personal increase for fervor or passion for the Lord? Are you ready to increase in your family, maybe not like kids, but in this family, in Revived Church? Are you ready for increase? 
That's right. Are you ready to increase in finances so that we can be a blessing to people around us? And are you ready to increase your faith in 2018? So here are some action steps for today. Take some time this afternoon or earlier in the week and ask God to increase your faith. Ask God to show you in his word what he wants for you to do. Or what he wants to do for you, sorry. What he wants to do for you in 2018. And then hold on to that. Hold on to those verses. Keep it before you at all times so you don't forget. So that when the winds start to blow, and you, and you don't go in the drink like Peter did. You don't falter in your faith. That you still remain in that confident trust in God's power. Write it on your mirror or have it on your, I don't know, dash your car. Have it on your refrigerator. Let me show you a couple of pictures here. That is a beam in the middle of our bedroom. We painted it with chalk paint, and we write on it with chalk markers. And we write scriptures up there, scriptures of faith, scriptures that God has given us. And that's a way that Ann and I keep it in front of us at all time. We see it when we go to bed. We say, see it when we wake up. Um, we see it all the time. And so we can look at those verses and we can see what God has told us, what God has spoken with us, what is in God's word. So that's just a practical way that Ann and I use. Um, the next verse, you'll, or the next deal, there's just a close-up. Lord, give us this mountain for your kingdom, the Bitterroot Valley. Draw new maps. That was from Steve Oliver's message a year ago. Keep it in God's word in front of you at all times. At all times. So, with that in mind, everybody stand up if you would. God wants to increase our faith, just like he tried, just like he wanted to increase the faith of his disciples and those that followed him. He wants our faith to be increased for, for family, for this revived church, for revived downtown, for here at Revive Reserve, and for Revive Bitterroot. He wants to increase our faith. He wants to increase your finances. If you've just been struggling and just getting by, that's wonderful that the bills are being paid, but he wants you to be a blessing to others. He wants your faith to be increased. He wants to increase your bread for eating and he wants to increase your seed for giving. He wants you to increase in your fervor for him, for your love for him. Bow your heads with me. If you've been shaken in your faith, and I don't, I don't tend to stand up here at any point in time and, and tell you why you prayed for healing and it didn't happen. Or you prayed for a marriage and it didn't, it didn't stay. It didn't stay together. I don't know why that happens. But I do know the scriptures in the, in the Bible still say that God's a God of healer, healing. And that he's a God of provision. And that he's no respecter of persons. He still wants us to believe in his goodness and his power and his truth. So if I could have the ministry team come forward. If you've been shaken in your faith by something, if you've been shaken in your faith 
and, and, and you're having a hard time believing in a certain area, I want you to just step out and come to, to these prayer warriors up front so that we can pray for you. So that we can pray and we can ask God to start increasing your faith in that area. So that you can believe in his goodness, that you can believe in his power, that you can believe in his goodness again. That you can walk in increased faith because it's so important. It's so important to believe that God is a God of goodness and a God of truth and a God of love. And he loves you so very much. He loves us so very much. As I close in prayer, just step out if you need, if you need to pray. You need to pray with somebody. If your faith has been shaken or, or any other reason, any other reason, never be afraid to come forward for prayer. That's what we do. That's what we do in church is pray for one another and help one another. So even if it has nothing to do with faith and you need somebody to stand and believe, believe with you for something, to pray for you and encourage you, please step forward. Let us pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for increasing our faith. We thank you for your word that we can stand upon. We thank you for the scripture that says you can do immeasurably more than what we can even ask or imagine. We hold on to that verse if we have no other verse to hold on to, that you can do immeasurably more than what we can even ask or imagine. Father, increase our faith in 2018. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters if they've had their faith shaken in an area. Lord, I ask you that you encourage them, that you lift their head, that you give them a verse this week, Lord, that you speak to them through your word, that you speak to them through a testimony of one of their friends or family members. And through that, that you will increase their faith, Father. Lord, help us to bridge the hardest 12 inches there is to bridge from head knowledge to heart. Lord, help us to believe in you, believe in your word. Increase our faith, Lord. We thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name.